0: Good afternoon, folks. It is just after one o'clock, and uh, this is my next podcast. And just before we get started into the meat of the podcast, which will be college basketball and NBA, got to make a couple comments about the Super Bowl. We're about a week removed from the Super Bowl, and I think it's safe to say that there, it wasn't an exciting game. To say the least, uh, Patriots ended up winning. Brady, he's still to go, got his sixth ring. But, you know, with Todd Gurley not in the game, the Rams weren't as dynamic offensively, and Jared Goff really didn't have an answer for what the Patriots were doing. They were just disguising all their coverages and were able to not let Robert Woods or Josh Reynolds or Brandon Cooks go absolutely crazy on them. So Patriots win, on to the offseason, and we'll see what every team does to to dethrone the Patriots. Seems like that's been the case for many, many years. Well, there was a lot of college basketball games yesterday, and a lot of good games, actually. And we'll start with the game of the day, which was number two Duke in a rematch with number three Virginia it was the Sonic Blockbuster game in Charlottesville and Duke actually ended up sweeping Virginia this year in the regular season Uh, Duke won 81 to 71 with uh, RJ Barrett leading the way with 26 points uh, shooting 8 of 15 from the field and then Zion Williamson Another Duke diaper dandy had 18 points on six of eight from the field. Cam Reddish chipped in 17 and Trey Jones chipped in 13. Virginia's Virginia's scoring was led by Kyle Guy with 16 points on three of nine from three point range. Ty Jerome chipped in 16 points. DeAndre Hunter Hunter added 11 points. And Braxton Key off the bench only had four points. It just shows you like how unbeatable Duke can be when they make outside shots because the first matchup against Virginia, they just were able to get to the basket at will. And this time, Virginia really clogged the pain, made them shoot outside shots, and they made them. So if Duke does that, I don't see anybody in the country beating them. It, it's fascinating to watch four freshmen just flat out Dominate a whole basketball conference, and they may end up dominating March Madness too. That's wait to be that is that is less than frankly a month away from March Madness. So that'll be interesting to see you to come around that time when Duke is really rounding into form. Some other scores to get to. We have the number one Tennessee volunteers handling Florida at home. six seventy three to sixty one excuse me. Uh, Tennessee's just looking really strong. they only have one loss and that was way back in November. they they're looking like they will get a the number one or number two overall seed to March Madness barring a c- catastrophe. Number four, Gonzaga handled St. Mary's with ease, 94-46. to Kentucky survived a comeback by Mississippi State, and they won in Starkville, 71-67. Nevada handled New Mexico pretty easily, 91-62. Number seven, Michigan got revenge on Wisconsin at home, 61-52. a game in Ann Arbor. North Carolina survived uh Miami in overtime in Chapel Hill uh 88 to 85 so a very very close game and the Michigan State Spartans beat the Michigan or the excuse me Minnesota Gophers 79-55 in another Big Ten game and a good game number 10 Marquette who has been pretty surprising with this year with the way their leading scorer Marcus Howard has played he's a dark horse uh Naismith and win award candidate he is pretty good score so they ended up besting Villanova 66 to 65 in Milwaukee Virginia Tech lost to Clemson 59 to 51 number 13 Kansas bounced back from losing to Kansas State in the sunflower showdown earlier in the week by beating Oklahoma State 84 to 72 in Allen Fieldhouse Kansas, I may add, was the preseason number one team, and they are the only team so far to beat Tennessee this year. Number 15, Purdue beat Nebraska, handily 81-62. Number 16, Louisville lost to Florida State, 80-75. TCU beat number 17, Iowa State, 92-83. to Number 18, Texas Tech beat Oklahoma, 66-54. Number 21, LSU beat Auburn, 83-78. And number 23, Buffalo beat Central Michigan, 90-76. So, so a ton of good college basketball games this weekend. Uh, it, we're just in the thick of it right now. And March Madness is just around the corner, and I cannot wait for it. Uh, there's going to be a lot of good games next week, including game of the day would be the Tennessee volunteers who should be ranked number one going on the road to face number five, Kentucky in Rupp arena in Lexington. That'll be a hell of a game to Tennessee's just at the top of their game right now. Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield, Jeff bone, and the rest of those guys just, they deserve to be ranked number one. They're collectively as a team, they're just mowing through everybody and Kentucky, All of their their talent seems to be coming together. Tyler Hero, Reed Reed Travis, P.J. Washington, Ashton Higgins, and those guys, they've really stepped it up in the second half of this season. And, you know, through conference play, they've been dominating or been handling everyone pretty easily. And we'll see how they do against the Tennessee Volunteers uh, next Saturday at 8-7 Central on ESPN. Moving on to the NBA, there were a couple of good games last night. One of them featured the Houston Rockets and the Oklahoma City Thunder in Houston. The Rockets were off to a hot start in the game. They put up 70 points in the first half and were up by 24. But they ended up losing by five to the Thunder because in the second half, they lost their poise and the Thunder just ended up making shots. Paul George, out of the way for the Thunder, with 45 points, and Russell Westbrook continued his triple-double streak with nine games in a row that he recorded a triple-double. Paul George, I may add, is a dark horse. No, he's not a dark horse MV candidate. He's a top three candidate for sure, maybe in top two along with Harden. They're both, they both been tearing it up this year and kind of carrying their teams. Harden's Harden's uh, streak of 30-point games is now at 29 after he scored 42 last night. And, but like I said earlier, they they did not have poise in the second half, and they threw up a lot of contested shots. Chris Paul had 18 points on 5 of 12 shooting. Still trying to really integrate him back fully into the rotation after his hamstring issues. Kenneth Fareed put up 17 points starting. Eric Gordon had 13 points on only 5 of 14 shootings, so that needs to improve. And Clint Capella is still not back. He should be coming back after the All-Star break on the 21st of this month versus Los Angeles. The Rockets showed last night that no lead in the NBA is ever safe. So they just need to keep their foot in the gas and keep their poise when they have a big lead like that. The Celtics played the Clippers last night in Boston, and the Celtics ended up blowing a big lead as well, over 25 points to the Clippers, and fans actually booed the Celtics off the floor last night. And Well, they got bigger fish to fry now since Kyrie Irving is now out for an unspecified amount of time with a sprained right knee. And that just, and Marcus Morris said after the game, they're, they're not having fun right now. The Celtics are kind of unraveling a little bit. After the Lakers beat them on a buzzer beater on Thursday with Rajon Rondo, uh, that that just opened up another can of worms. How, how are they going to continue to try to integrate Gordon Hayward in the, into the lineup when really what they did last year worked without Kyrie and Gordon Hayward. With Tatum and Brown and Horford, there's a lot of ball movement, a lot of sharing, and they got within one game of going to the finals. It's quite something this year because the Celtics were picked by a majority of the media to get to the NBA finals and challenge the Warriors, but it doesn't look like that's the case. It looks like it might be the Bucks, the 76ers, or the Raptors, really in that order. Some trades to go down in the NBA, some of the bigger trades. One, I think the biggest one was Nikola Miritich was traded from the Pelicans to the Bucks, And that just gives Giannis, the Greek freak, another shooter. The Bucks already have the NBA's best record. And with Miritich addition, you have Giannis, Eric Bledsoe, Chris Middleton, and now Mirtich in the lineup and Brooker Lopez, who he's who's a stretch five now. I think the Bucks are the best team in the East for sure. And right now, based on what's happened recently, I think they'd be my pick to represent the Eastern Conference in the finals. Another big trade happened. The Philadelphia Seventy Sixers, they acquired Tobias Harris from the Clippers which gives them a very legitimate big four with Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, and Tobias Harris. There's personality issues. You know, Butler always voices his opinion and sometimes has locker room chemistry issues. But talent-wise, they may have the best starting five in the NBA right now other than the Warriors. And, of course, you have to throw J.J. Redick in there, who's an exceptional three-point shooter. And they'd be my other pick to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. I Right now I'm picking the Bucks and the 76ers to go to the Easter, Eastern Conference Finals. That would be a fun series. Um, I think that should happen at minimum based on the 76ers' talent. They have too much talent to not make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Anthony Davis trade did not go through. That was su- something, wasn't it? The whole Lakers team basically thought they were going to get traded for Anthony Davis, and that was just a fiasco in itself. Anthony Davis is a top five player in the league, no doubt, but he's not worth the whole team. Come on now. So the whole saga will continue on to the summer. When the Celtics can get involved with all of their assets, and of course the Lakers can continue to throw offers at the Pelicans, and we'll see what other teams are willing to offer up several players and picks for Anthony Davis. Another notable trade that goes de- that went down was Marcus Saul, the center for the Grizzlies, was traded to the Toronto Raptors, which gives the Raptors. A better center, you know. Jonas Valanciunas was an okay center, but he wasn't really their long term answer at the center position. So Marcus All he's a veteran. He knows how to play. He can shoot the three pretty well, which is great in this day and age of the NBA. Will we will see how well they can match up with the other East top teams because you know Kawhi Leonard. He's a top five player when healthy too. Kyle, Kyle Lowry, he's not been as good in the second half, and he's almost thirty-three years old. And Marcus Saul is like thirty-three or thirty-four. So, is that enough firepower to make it to, you know, let's say, the Eastern Conference Finals? Because I'm sure that they'll make it to the semifinals. And by the way, the semifinals should be fun. It'll be probably the Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, and Sixers playing. S- you know, there's some going to be some combination of those teams playing each other, and that will be pretty entertaining to watch. But again, will the Raptors have enough firepower? That's wait to be seen. Personally, I think the Bucks and Sixers have a better shot than the Raptors right now just because the Raptors don't have enough firepower, and the Celtics, they have not really figured out, you know, how to play all their players together, frankly. Another trade to mention is Markel Fultz, the number one overall pick from the 2017, 2017 NBA draft, was sent to the Orlando Magic for Jonathan Simmons and a future pick. Uh, I think it's best for both sides. Markel Fultz, with all his shoulder problems and his personal problems that people have been talking about, you know, to go to the Magic, a team that's not really contending for anything right now other than the lottery I think it's good for him just to get a fresh start and get out of the big lights of Philadelphia and just have a fresh start to build up his game and live up to the billing, start living up to the billing as a number one pick rather than being viewed as one of the biggest busts in NBA history and Philadelphia strength their bench with Jonathan Simmons. He's had a down year, but that's because he's kind of been on the bench more for the magic rather than starting kind of like other than his integral role, that he had on the San Antonio Spurs last year. So I think it's overall that trade is good for both sides. Bench depth for Philadelphia and a fresh start for Fultz and the Magic. So this past Thursday, the uh, All-Star rosters were announced for the All-Star game, which will be in Charlotte uh, next Sunday, the 17th on uh, TNT, I believe. And the captains for this year's teams were LeBron James and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And so LeBron's team, just looking at man, this is ridiculous, the roster that he picked out. So the starters for Team LeBron are LeBron James, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, and Kyrie Irving. Man, what a starting five. And the bench... For Le- Team Le- Team LeBron consists of, consist of LaMarcus Aldridge, Bradley Beal, <laughs> Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard, Ben Simmons, Clay Thompson, Karl-Anthony Towns, and D. Wade, who's been a friend of LeBron's for over 15 years now in his probably final All-Star game. Team Giannis features Steph Curry, Joel Embiid, Paul George, and... Kimba Walker and Giannis in that starting lineup and the bench consistent Blake Griffin, Nikola Jokic, Kyle Lowry, Chris Middleton, Russell Westbrook, D'Angelo Russell, Nikola Vucevic, and Dirk Nowitzki coming off the bench in his final all-star game appearance. Team LeBron based on pure talent just wins easily. I, I don't think there's any debate here. Just name the starting. Just look at the starting lineups. You, again, you have LeBron, Kevin Durant, Kyrie, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, just length everywhere. Every one of those guys has one-on-one ISO ability just to get to the rim at will. I don't, you can't really guard all those guys at once, frankly. I mean, Curry, Curry, Embiid, Paul George, kimba Walker, and Giannis, that's, that's some link too, but just overall talent, team LeBron just smokes them. And I think the bench for team LeBron is much better too. You got shooting and length and big guys everywhere too. Uh, Just overall, a better team composition. And again, it's an all-star game. There's really no hard chemistry built up between these teams. But I'm picking Team LeBron to go to win the all-star game. So LeBron will win his second all-star game in a row. And last year, I might add, it was pretty competitive down the stretch. People were actually defending each other. It, It was unlike years in the past where people just threw up shots and the score ended up being... You know, about 180 to 176 or something like that. It may be that high, frankly, but, you know, at least this year it should be quite competitive. And last thing to mention, uh, from Major League Baseball, Manny Machado and Bryce Harper still remained unsigned by any teams. The MLB hot still has not really been hot this winter. We'll see... We'll see where Machado and Harper go. I think both of them are kind of playing stale, are in a stalemate right now. We'll see which teams really want. I've heard that Bryce Harper and the Giants have mutual interests, but nothing too significant right now to speak of. With spring training about a month away, you know it'll be fascinating to see where they wind up on a roster because for sure they'll someone will pick them up and sign them for. Sign them for big money and they get huge contracts. And one last final note for MLB the universal designated hitter for the 2019 season will not be on the table yet. Although I think Major League Baseball is heading that way, people are kind of getting tired of the pitchers in the National League hitting and basically sacrificing a spot in the lineup. I think people want to see home runs these days. So adding a DH to all lineups would be just be good for everybody. And it's better for the health and safety of the pitchers. Oh, I do have to add that the American Alliance of Football kicked off last night. I didn't really watch the games, but man, I saw some highlights on social media. That's that brings back memories, don't it? You know. Growing up in the early 2000s, watching guys like, it reminds me of, you know, guys like Ray Lewis with, you know, just hard hitting, just tough nose in your face football. Just no mercy. One of the sacks, I think, in the San Antonio home game, I think you can look it up. One of the the defensive players just mauled the quarterback, just blindsided mauled him. It, it was it was fun to watch. I think this is good throwback football, and I think the AA, the AAF is going to keep people really entertained outside of the NFL season, because the NFL has gone really soft on rule, on all their rules these days, and people are really wanting a a throwback to hard hitting, tough nose football. So from first impressions, the AF the AAF the AAF is looking like a good football league to spend time watching. Well, that's about it for the podcast. Uh, Thanks for tuning in and listening and uh, something to look forward to. I'm looking forward to the NBA all-star game, you know, and the finishing out of the NBA season into the playoffs. And of course, we're getting to the end of conference playing college basketball. College, The conference tournaments are coming up soon, and pretty soon we'll have March Madness. We'll be making and busting brackets. So when that comes around, we'll try and break it down. We'll try and break down all the March Madness, and we'll see what the NCAA comes up with their brackets, and we'll try and make some predictions on who will win the whole thing in Minneapolis this year. So uh, thanks for dropping by and I'll see you next time.